hacked and pwned. They were pwned. They were pwned. Epically. They were epically pwned. Epically pwned. I went to high school with Epically pwned. Um, <laughs> Whatever happened to him? <laughs> yeah, God. He was a good dancer. Um, <laughs> that's great. That's my new character. Episode 417. It's a podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Jim. In the year of our Lord, 1506, we set sail from the cold. Welcome back, Jim. Why, thank you. It's good to be here. It's good to have you. You know, this whole. Join the song, sorry. Oh, yeah. It's a great song. This group is no longer together, hasn't been for years, yeah, and, their, uh, hard, and their music is hard to get. It's hard to find. <laughs> it took really me, nice guys. It took me like over a year to get my own copy of this that didn't have some obnoxious DRM robot lady saying, this file has DRM on it in the first five seconds. Ooh. <laughs> yeah no they actually they had the sh- they had the stage show right after my morning show when they visited the fair the okay. bristol renaissance fair for a couple of years actually and uh they were they they they, we, they played very nicely with us they would you know paradically come on and sweep us off the stage and things like that so no i, I <laughs> is and, that how you uh, just, is that how you found out about them uh, I actually knew about them before. Oh, okay. uh, I had I had a bunch of their CDs. They they are basically they were based on at the Scarborough Renaissance Fair in Texas, and they we had I would heard their CDs. In fact, they were part of a a bunch of our morning wake up mixes. We would all listen to to try to get into character and uh, to be nautical and piratical. And then uh, they would, the great news came that we were bringing them in as guests to Bristol for a couple of weeks. So it was really really cool to get to know them, and they were. Uh, very talented, very fun bunch of, of guys, and uh, sad that well, you know, stuff. It, it's tough. I mean, in the in the Ren Fair world, pretty much nothing is forever, uh, and they they've moved on. But not still, still have their CDs and uh, still like to listen to them. That's why I still have a CD player. Oh yeah, <laughs> just for theirs, huh? Yeah. Well, it's I don't listen. I mean, most everything else, even the even you know, even most Ren Fair folk have moved over to. You know, some form of digital media. Well, true. Even if it's even if it's like Bandcamp or something like that. Can't can't you rip their CD into a digital audio file and listen to I, it on your favorite uh, phone I, or I audio could, player? I, I could. That's gonna that's gonna require me to get far closer to iTunes than I ever really want to get. <laughs> well, I don't. It's much better I, now I, that they stripped all of the other functionality out of it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which no, sounds I, like you know that would that would be a bad thing, but it had become so bloated, it was doing it too did. many things. It really did. No, I, it's it, it's the well. Plus, you use the Windows version too, don't you? I do. Yeah. I see, do. Well, the Windows version yeah, yeah. was never any good. But yes and no, <laughs> right? Though it's it's all things equal. I want to be able to use it natively because I understand the point that you're making. Uh, I want to be able to use it on my iPad or my iPhone. 
you know, that's, that's yeah. would be my preference. But if you're going, as you say, if you want to do things like rip a CD, which is an increasingly arcane technology. Um, hey, I still the, do it. Yeah, well, uh, you and I are of an age, and that's that's something we did. Um, No, there was if if you have not followed on Twitter, uh, Super Seventy Sports. Oh yeah, you are wrong. Uh, (laughs) You you should do that. Yes, he's cursy, but that's okay. Uh, His stuff is magnificent, and just last night, in fact, he put up a image of a CD which was had written in Sharpie on it all the top tunes of 1999 <laughs> including like you know bust a move i think was on there and a whole bunch of other stuff and he put the the tweet was this cd was entered into evidence as to why napster should be banned <laughs> the uh was like and and it, and it 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 that's such a strange memory my wife and i i shared that with michelle and we were looking at it and we observed among other things that you know, we were married at that time for like five years. And she said, and I was hip deep in Napster. Let me tell you, <laughs> you know, there's, there's people it's already well forgotten. I mean, oh, shoot, yeah. it's 20 years ago. Well, but... I had to, I had to explain to my 19 year old nephew now 20, what ripping a CD meant. There you go. He had no and idea. We've talked about this on the show Yeah, it, is when was the last honest mix tape made mm-hmm. and when was the last honest mix cd made well it was that it now, was that conversation that generated the question to the 19 year old oh okay <laughs> yeah, which did, became like a peers, whole segment on 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 his his next episode do you do do your peers do that yeah you know, do you, and the answer is no by the no, way kids no, no, uh, no, no, no. they're <laughs> all digital mm-hmm. they would be screwed if the the internet went away one day well, and that's that's <laughs> certainly part of it, and it's certainly part of the conversation that I've been having with people. I've been thinking a lot about uh, the whole thing with Dr. Seuss this week, which is being blown out of proportion for political reasons, and I don't do politics, but it did make me think. It did make me think. If if I went online right away, because my favorite of the ones that have been taken out of publication by the Seuss family is, of course, to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, which my father... Actually, my father doesn't read very well, never did. Probably had they, had they had such things when Ray was coming up in the 1930s, they didn't. <laughs> he would have been diagnosed as dyslexic. Um, reading has always been a chore for him. He has never enjoyed it, which is unimaginable to me, but yeah. I can certainly understand from his perspective. But he, he learned, I tell the story all the time, that he, he had my mother teach him two books so that he could read them to me. Wow. And, I, you know, my mom would read a lot of books to me, but my dad read me two, and I still have them. Uh, one is Miss Susie, a very lovely book about a squirrel, a very gentle story from of very much of its time. And the other is to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. Yeah. And so that's always going to be special to me for very personal reasons. And, and look, I completely understand where the concern is. I, it's, I saw it when I was younger. Because to be direct, I have friends who are Chinese. Okay, I didn't, didn't. I didn't even bother to look up the reason why, because I assumed it was it was a uh, blown out of proportion and nonsense. Yeah, it's it's. I, I you know, like I say, I do get it. I really do because I, I you know, this the, you couldn't draw that image today. You couldn't. You just couldn't. Okay, what but image? It, uh, there is one of the things that is seen on Mulberry Street is a Chinese man eating with sticks. 
and he is a very stereotypical Chinese person. He's wearing a conical hat and the, the shoes, and he's got a chopsticks and a bowl, and he's slitty eyed. And you so know, that, it's accurate. Then that's where the problem is. <laughs> man, man. So it's, but I thought I, my real concern was that's my just real con- see. I was right. It's ridiculous. My real concern about the whole thing. Was, Are they calling it racist? That was it. That was it. It was oh, okay. certainly, you know. See, I use the classical and, definition with the capital R that actually means something. So, yeah. And I, and I went through it and I said, and I said, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How am I going to get this book? <laughs> you know, and it, it is the point you don't. Now I went you, and I checked pay a lot and I still eBay. have my, I, I still have my copy <laughs> well, that's good. that my dad gave, that I got from my dad. So I've got that copy, but I then went on Amazon and it's gone. It is gone. Yeah. And then I thought about the very large number of books I have on Kindle. Now those are in my, some of those are downloaded into my iPad, but, but I don't have a whole library in there. Right. Um, because I'm a guy that if you tell me that this history book that I like is available, uh, and it's 99 cents, I'm gonna buy it. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, a buck. Yeah, absolutely. Load it up. And I don't have to make shelf space for it. Groovy. I may not download it maybe even ever, but on the off chance, you know, FOMO is real. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get this. And so, you know, I do wonder about where we're headed. And this goes all the way back to your point about if the internet felt falls down, where are the kids? Because I was just checking. I still do have a CD player in my computer, which is relatively new. Um, but more and more of them are coming out without them. Yeah, you know, there's a, I didn't know this. I haven't bought a console in years. I didn't realize that there was the, I think the standard version of the Xbox doesn't include a drive anymore. No disc drive. Right. You download it. Well, I never, I guess I never thought about, I knew that the PlayStation used you know, CDs or DVDs or whatever. Does the five? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't, I don't, I don't play console games. I just assumed but, that they all did, that they all had that. Yeah, so it's it. it once this happens, it this whole thing about having a book. You know, having a book. I have. You know, I I, I will admit I'm a free speech absolutist. I it, you got to go a long, long way to get me off my free speech lectern or soapbox and i understand that what's happened here in the seuss case isn't censorship i get it it is not censorship it's self self censorship yeah it's it's self-censoring that's what it is and it's responding to a market and making a corporate decision and i respect all that that's fine it's their stuff but and it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around that you now do have properties that if you didn't download your book Right. You didn't download your book and have it on your Kindle. Or shoot, it's on your iPad and your iPad dies. Right. And you're you know? not backed up. And it's not backed up somewhere. Well, how do I get my book? Yeah. You know, and that's where all my librarian friends are like, I'll tell you how you get your book. It's right on your shelf where I never got rid of it. You yeah. Know? So it's an interesting thing. But that's not why I'm angry this morning. No? I'm angry because of <laughs> Dell. <laughs> The computer company, Dell? The, the computer, the very same. Have you have you ever been in the PC world? Oh, yeah. I work in the PC world. Okay, so you're not, a, you're not a Mac guy by, you know, you're not one of those that is Mac exclusive. Uh, No, I can't be. Okay. 
Okay. I mean, I, did that. I could be, but and I have tried to be, but it's a pain in the ass. But even, but that's just at home, right? Like I right, can right. get for now anyway, and in the next two years or so, I can buy a Mac with an Intel processor and run Windows on it. That will be going away. But <laughs> oh, is that right? Is that that's oh, that's they, they they have begun the conversion from from Intel to uh, Apple produced silicon silicon Whoa. not silicon as cone. they as they like or, to say but silicone <laughs> i like to, i like to say silicone valley <laughs> there you go it's, really is that what it is wait no that's um, that that's that other valley in california um, yeah that's that's yeah a <laughs> little further south but uh no because the um the stuff i use for work is windows based God, I'm out of touch. Now, Auto, wow, I did Autodesk this does was... make AutoCAD for Mac. Mm-hmm. That is native, a native app for Mac, but they we don't really use that much anymore. We use what's called Revit, which is the 3D architecture software. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, is, that does not have its own Mac version. It's just, a pain, it's just a pain in the ass to try to get Windows working with any kind of, you know, ex- expensive, uh, highly specialized uh professional software like that there's just too many little bugs and little things that you need to keep maintained because you think about how hard it is just to maintain windows on its own yeah <laughs> running on adele windows on windows. Yeah, no, yeah. On yeah. windows yeah yeah like add another layer of that <laughs> sure to try to no, get it to and, run and on the mac my brother told me years ago he said look there's nobody that can there's nobody that sees all the code anymore no you know, there just isn't. It's too big. It's too big. It's metastasized far beyond our capacity to know, you know, and it's bought it's so many modular pieces and all this other stuff. But no, if you go back far enough, I mean, I was part of the Commodore 64 versus Apple Wars in the day, <laughs> you know, and we were serious about this. Your computer sucks. No, your computer sucks. Our computer got skater die first. Oh, yeah, lamer. <laughs> you know? So we went through all that. And then, of course, Commodore became the Amiga. Yep. And then the Amiga competed with the Mac, which was first. And then the PC started to shoulder its way into the space. And both of us, the Mac and the Amiga world, mocked the PC. You know, the, the, the Mac and the Amiga argued with each other who would come up with a GUI first. <laughs> you know, we, we used to fight about that. Still think the Amiga did. Graphic user interface, yes. Sorry, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're the ones that figured, the, the way computers work now, basically. Um, the idea of clicking an icon rather than typing in a line of code to start a program. Right. And, and so well, technically we saw, we Xerox all... came up with that first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we argued about that because that, that seemed like the right thing to do. And, and so we argued about that for a bunch, but then the PC started to, to rise. The, obviously the Amiga shuts down and then it becomes the, and I went into consoles briefly at that time, but then it became the fight between the PC and the Mac. And the, the standard running desire was, hey, let's get our Mac stuff running on our PC. Nobody much cared about running the PC on the Mac. You know, it was, right. it was more, how do we get this really cool? Because the Mac did have software. And my wife experienced this. She's a video editor. Yep. And that whole world was Mac. Oh, yeah. For a long, Most long time. time. Also graphic designers. Yes. Mac, yes. 100%. All, of, all the Adobe stuff. Yep. All of the... Uh, I mean, well, and they have both. They have the the... The Photoshop and the InDesign and the um, yep. Premiere was it? Premiere, that the Premiere, video Premiere editing? Pro, yeah, yeah, and and also and also all the little 
modular pieces that fit into it, like the one that does 3D animation, the yep. one that does all this different stuff that she tells me about that I sort of go, that I sort of grok, but don't entirely. And, and so the big deal was getting that to run over on a PC side because, well, two reasons. Number one is, is glue nuts, is screws not glue, which is to say you can't open up a Mac or an iPad, just can't, you know, and fix it or replace a piece. It just, it's in there and it's locked in there. Whereas on the PC, the whole point is module, you know, modularity and the ability to, to, to work at it that would improve it and keep it going that way. But the other one was cost. You know, Apple was extortionately expensive and PCs were plummeting in price. What time period is this? Um, let's see, she and I are married. I would call it the early noughties, early to mid noughties. Okay. Yeah. No, Macs were, you could, you could open up Macs and repair them back then. It might not have been as easy. Yeah. Because you had to buy a particular part. That's it. You couldn't just swap out. I couldn't, I I couldn't go on the new egg. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't go on the new egg and bid around for the cheapest MOBO or the cheapest, you know, the cheapest video card or, you know, all that stuff. But oddly enough, in the noughties is when the Hackintosh became popular. Yeah, but that's that's a yes, that's absolutely right. My sister in law had one. It, it and yet though you gotta have a level of skill to do that. But that was what that was what that whole community was about was figuring out and testing which of those, you know, bargain basement interchangeable new egg components would work with, you know, Mac software with the drivers that it had, or you know, could could you go and find an, an, another driver that would make it work? Right. Right. And frankly, it's very much like the experience that um, my son is having with the Oculus 2. Um, there's this whole sub community that he's sort of dipping his toe into of people sideloading things onto the Oculus. Like uh... that are, they're not Oculus native, but they're things that you can use with your Oculus if you use this this process called sideloading. And these are basically... these is, this is content to view in yes. the Oculus. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's it's games. It's games. It's okay. games that have a VR piece, but they're not built for the Oculus. Got it. And so you have to you have to work them through a series of apps and get them sideways into it. And it's I've said this is the closest you've come in your very modular prefab world of PCs we find ourselves in now to experiencing what it was like for us. <laughs> yeah you know trying to do all this kit bash hairy high school grabastic stuff <laughs> to try to you know to, to try to get your game working yeah you know now for us it was more fundamental it was installing a video card f- flashing your bios and then hoping that you could get just the right switches to work you know i actually have thrown those little plastic switches on a graphics card. I mean those teeny tiny ones. Yep. Yeah, you know, that I've actually done that inside the inside the case. So it's like hopefully we avoid all that. So, you know, all this by way of <laughs> all this preface like to say a I, I've got a, a Dell Alienware. I like it. I do. It's a it's a very good PC. It's been around for five six years. It's worked very well. It's still, you know, PCs have not have not evolved as rapidly as they used to. No, um, they're not they're not chasing it anymore because they realize the market isn't there. 
yes, you will get a game every now and then. You'll get a, we'll talk about, I'm sure we'll at some point talk about Cyberpunk 2077 because I have to talk about <laughs> it. But, because I'm obsessed. But, you know, you'll get a game that pushes the envelope. But frankly, I was shocked. Red Dead Redemption, which is stone cold gorgeous. And I have now several dozens of hours into with my son. Um, it's it's actually fairly modestly spec. You don't, you got to get a good machine, but it doesn't have to be the best. Yeah. No way. So, uh, you know, I've been happy with it. And then about four months ago, all of a sudden, out of the blue, it just started to reset. And it would do it once a day. Typically, when I was watching a video on Twitter, Weird. one of the embedded, embedded videos, huh? it would just reset. It would go beep and shut down and come back. And it would not do it again for the rest of the day. Once a day. Once it did it once. Yep, it was good. It was good the rest of the day. It was good the rest of the day. And I went, well, is this serious? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, it's, is it, am I losing stuff? Well, I know it does it. I know if I don't do that, it, you know, doctor, doctor, it hurts when I do this. What should I do? Don't do Stop that. Stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so eventually I said, all right. But then a couple of weeks ago, it actually took out some data. Oh, no. And I went, oh, oh you, yeah, you, you lost what, what you had open. Yeah, right? I, well, I lost what I was working. It didn't just randomly start deleting things. Right, right, right. So I said, no, now we're done. Now, now we're done. So I call it, now I purchased at some expense, not, not vast, but some, the premium support extension of the warranty. Now, I always will buy the warranty for the first three years. Three years, yep. Because at, that's the burn-in time, right? And if the keyboard just dies or something didn't get installed right, your problem, you fix it, get it out of here. And yeah. I'd never extended it because I figured four or five years in, I should be looking to replace it anyway. Yep. That's just what you got to think. If you're using if it you're, for, for, for work, to make money, three years is when you should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. And I don't, I don't. It's, you know, I've got the, I, although these days remotely for the last year, it has been home-based. Yeah, days the lines are blurring, sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, there's, that's a whole other conversation. But, so now I said, but, you know, five years, it's, it's getting there. But I, you know what, why not? I'll, maybe I'll get a couple extra years out of it. So I did, I get this, I get this warranty. And one of the things I always liked about the Dell warranty was that after a period of pushing back and forth online with who you know somebody on the Southeast Asian rim who you know sounds like Epu from The Simpsons, and, and let me say they're always very very helpful and very polite. I, I would never criticize them because they've got a crap job. I can't yeah. imagine what it's like to try to. Tr- I don't like troubleshooting computer problems when I'm sitting next to you. <laughs> My sympathy for these folks it. is profound. Yeah, from you know. 12,000 Sri Lanka or wherever the, wherever the, the devil side of the are. Earth. You know, yeah. and I Maybe did it would be quicker the... if we just dug a hole and yeah. dug, dug toward each other. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> tapped, tapped somewhere in the middle of the tunnel. <laughs> and, and so, and, and, you know, and, and I discovered that the better service you pay for the more English speakers as native language you get. Okay. It's, it's, it's clear what they're saying, but anyway, so I had this problem, and, and I actually, my wife is at home most days, so she got a hold of them, and they were great. I mean, they really were. They were, okay, let's try this, let's try this. They discovered that it was probably something in the bios, but they, for some reason, the problem was they couldn't get to the bios. 
And if you can't get to the bios, you got yourself a world full of trouble. So we basically had to reinstall the, I had to, I had to reinstall the OS, which is, you know, it happens. It's really something you should do more often than I do. They tell you you're really supposed to do it every six months, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I just don't. <laughs> but first good, of all. Good luck getting anybody uh, to do that. Right. I'm holding this up. I know nobody can see it. This is the hard drive I bought to back up my computer when I installed it. This thing right here? Yep. This sucker is two terabytes. Is that Western Digital? Uh, Looks like it. Uh, I think I... Yes, it is. Yeah, that's the... Uh... Western Digital Easy Store. Easy... Oh, okay. This thing... Mine are not called thing... that, but I have several of, of this that is... look just like that. I have... It... Yeah. I have two. I'm four, about to go on a. I'm about to go on a negative rant. I have so two. Let me be on a positive two, rant. I have for two a four, four terabyte versions of that. It, this is freaking amazing. I know, right? If you're my age, and and I know people probably are tired of hearing me say this, but kids, it's the size of your wallet, kids, this is some space. Shit, okay. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. This is from. This is Klaatu Verata necktie right here, okay? Every once this in a can't... while, I, I do what you just did, and I stop, and I think, and I realize what it is I'm holding in my hand. And, I, and this, I'm, this I'm is not real. Truly this shouldn't amazed. exist. No, no, not at all. You know, we used to, I, I tell the story every time I do a training, we, we, we use a legislative tracking software at work that was designed in Milwaukee, actually. We're very proud of it. And I tell the story all the time that in 19, 1996, they came to us and said, your database has uh, gotten to 250 megabytes and it's getting unwieldy. Me megabytes. Yeah, yeah. Me mega, mega. With an M, yeah. And, and you're, we're going to have to divide the database, sorry. Oops. So uh -oh. they did. So our 87 to 97 database is, sep is segregated from the others. 250 megabytes? Yeah. Hey, and, and, hey Jim. The, the reason why you're episode 417 and not episode 416 is because the modern version of that happened with the recording last week when Kevin went way long. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, yeah, GarageBand stopped <laughs> when it reached its file limit. And I had to, oh, I had to create file two gigabytes. I, we went for three hours and 17 minutes and it stopped and I had to create a new file to finish recording the show. That guy can Ooh. talk. <laughs> God, well, God bless him. I mean, that's 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 awesome. That's God bless him. That's that's all right. But but seriously, this is this is ridiculous. I, I keep I keep I stare at it. You know, know, it works really well. I backed up. You know, I, you feel a little bit like a kid in a candy store because if you've again, if you're of my generation, at some time or other, you have tried desperately to load things onto other things to prevent the first things from being too full yeah so now i'm just you know i'm just sweeping stuff off shelves like a rioter in face of a pandemic <laughs> i just in you go in you go in you go in you go oh yeah that too sure back that up back that in fact still only five percent full <laughs> there was there was it wasn't yeah i think i've seriously got it to four percent something like that I've got my whole, you know, and I, I don't, and the other thing is I treated it sort of as an opportunity to like when you change houses or change apartments, you don't move everything you have. Yep. You know, you, you think about it. Oh yeah, I don't need that. I don't need that. We talked, so we I talked about that, a little bit. I think last week, 
possibly the week before. I can't remember now. (laughs) That that you don't, that you just don't want to move everything. So, so I did all that. And, and I, and I move it all over and we reinstalled the OS and we got to the bios and we ran the diagnostics there. And sure enough, and that's the other thing, diagnostics today, they're from space too. (laughs) You know, the computer's going, yeah, this is busted. I'm like, what? How did you know? You, the minute we got to the bios, we knew we, what the problem was. And I went, do you know how long it would have taken us to figure that out again in the old days? It would have taken some seedy, long-haired, you know, crippled up old guy who never really liked human beings, but decided he would open up a computer repair store, smoking cigarettes, blowing smoke into your computer, sitting there going, ah, it's probably this thing, cracking your motherboard as he pries it off with a Phillips screwdriver. You know, now it just goes, yeah, you've got a conflict with your bios. And yep. I'm saying, that's, that's so, okay, so we knew. So they go, yeah, it's a conflict with your bios. Everything so far has been, like I said, really cool and from space. Until? We had to suddenly do the on-site service. Uh-oh. This is the, <sighs> the extra extra that you paid for. Yeah. To get them to come to you. Look. Oh no. I I want everybody to have a job. <laughs> I want everybody to be happy. I want people to be employed. I want I want I want people to have hopes and ambitions and dreams. That's I'm not that way. But this guy. Oh no. That they sent over. First of all, he's the owner's kid, we find out. Oh. Strike one. Yeah. yeah. Second, he takes my computer. Now, what he's got to do is replace the motherboard and the video card. Dell has emailed him the parts. In retrospect, in retrospect, it would have been far better for my wife to have just reinstalled the motherboard and the video card, which she could have done. In fact, she wound up having to. Oh, no. Afterward? Oh, no. He didn't so, even, he couldn't even do it. Takes the thing downstairs from my, from the room I'm sitting in down to the kitchen so it could have more table space. Perfectly fine. Yeah, why not? Utterly uncommunicative. He's Rain Man without any sort of clinical diagnosis. Or magic Hello, abilities. Hello. <laughs> right. <laughs> or artistic abilities to fix my computer. Yeah. Hey, uh, Come on. Hello, at sir. least give me something here. Hello, sir. Morning, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Now, bear in mind, I'm working from home. This is on a Friday, so it's my one day to work from home. I'm helpless. I'm. It's like I got no arms. Yeah. Right? Because I can't live without this thing. This is how I connect to the world. Sure. And, so, and, so and, just... and this is the guy who does the on-site. Yeah. The, this the is the guy they're sending cap- into the least people's capable homes. person to be sent on site. Yeah. Yep. No yeah. social skills, no human skills, no PC skills. Oh God. I'm a little confused as to what they thought the merits of sending him were. So he's four hours on my kitchen table, taking my entire computer apart, putting it all back together. The first thing I hear from the other room is can't get the case back on. Uh-huh. He's talking to Sri Lanka. I'm guessing. Yeah, the case won't go. I know, sir. I know, sir. But it doesn't fit back on. It doesn't. It no. It does not fit back on. I. I it just. Uh, it's. He it, it keeps having the same conversation. 
So I'm like, okay, let it go. Don't look over his shoulder. Don't be the jackass. Just be, be the best person you can be. Walk away. <sighs> Next thing I hear, my wife goes in and talks to him and says, yeah, they still can't resolve the conflict between the motherboard and the sound card. Okay. What? All right. With all new parts. All new parts. Still can't resolve it. Fine. Got to get another part. So he walks away. He leaves. I come in and I look at my PC. And the first thing I notice is a little plastic bag filled with discarded cleaning wipes and odd parts that he's left on the floor. <laughs> odd parts. I'm wondering where those are from. Uh-huh. The next thing I notice is that the case of my computer is not sealed shut. Well, yeah, because it won't, it won't go back together. But he didn't. You leave it? You leave it worse than you found it? Wait, so he's gone at this point? Oh, he's left. He's finished. Yeah, he is done until I can get this other part in. Oh, oh, okay. So he's walked out of my house. Well, yeah, why put it back together if he has to take it apart again, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, <laughs> you left my computer open? <laughs> and then I reach around the back because I didn't realize what was going on at first. I was like, what's wrong with my case? And I reach around the back and I realize he's taking, you, you know how little these screws are. They're, you know, they're all built about saving, saving that 18th of an inch of metal that you could use. Yep. It's this teeny tiny screw. He's left it dangling on the back of my computer. Yeah. Not in a little plastic bag where it no, should, where it should or, be. Or, or just on a sheet of paper where I could say, this is the screw. That's what I've done is I've taken, I've taken a, a, a sheet of eight and a half by 11. Mm -hmm. And I have taped with scotch tape all those yeah. little screws down, of like course. about where they are on the computer, you know, exactly. And like label, labeled them. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. None of that. So he doesn't fix the problem, leaves my case open, leaves it, discards a bag of his wipes on the floor of my house. And various parts that and came, various parts. that came okay. from inside your computer, and probably without bothering to, go... to tell me, he doesn't go up to me and tell me, "Look." And if he had just said to me, "Oh, oh yeah. these are parts I didn't need for the install or whatever," so I'm not staring at him, wondering. Well, ninety percent of all conflicts and issues can be solved with um, proper communication and communi communication skills. See, now I don't know why that message wasn't conveyed because it's correct. What you say is correct. <laughs> so. Fast forward. One week later. Meanwhile, you have no personal laptop yeah, to no. use. No, 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 no. Now they send out guy number two. Different guy. Yeah. Oh boy, better or worse? Note to all youth. Oh no. Note to all youth. Please listen to me. If you're getting one of the things that Dell does, I think a lot of people are doing this these days, and it's a great thing. Is that we're sending this technician to your house. Here's a photo of him or her. Here's what they look like. Yep. Take the Bluetooth out of your ear. <laughs> when you get your ID picture taken, that thing is starting to bug me. You know, it always used to bother my mother when now she's been gone for many, many years. But right as she was, you know, unfortunately passing away, cell phones. And I mean, the very earliest cell phones became yeah. a thing. And her comment, which has stuck with me ever since, is what is that call you can't wait for? <laughs> And the same thing now must be double said about Bluetooth earpieces. Are you the holder of the nuke codes for the president of the United States? Yeah. 
are you a surgeon? Are you someone whose professional life, you must have hands-free access to your phone at all times? Mm -hmm. Are you a person of such consequence that you must have an earpiece? No, you're not. You're just, no, you are not. You're just a blue tool. You, what is wrong with you? (laughs) What is, seriously, what is, how do you imagine yourself so consequential that you have to have that? You are not. I'm going to be a complete, I'm going to be a complete dick. I'm more important than you are. I'll bet. (laughs) People need to call me. They know my phone number. I'm perversely available. I'm far more available than I ever cared to be. (laughs) Is your your mobile number on your business card? No. Is it in your email signature? Yes. Okay, there you go. Business card. That's funny. You guys don't get business cards at your job? I do. I, oh, I do. And matter of fact, this, it's, it's one of the funny jokes. When you're a department head, you get the fancy ones. I'm embarrassed by my business card. I'll send you one sometime. It's fancy, huh? Has it yeah, got like yeah. gold leaf? It does. Embossed? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Our business cards don't even have an address on them. Uh, well, we're, yeah, we're, a we're national kind of company. City Hall, which is the equivalent <laughs> of one Milwaukee, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you can't find City Hall, you're just not paying attention. <laughs> Um, but are you new so, here? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Seeing Laverne and Shirley. Um, so, you know, dude's got you work at piece. the brewery. He comes in. <laughs> shots brewed. He comes in. Oh, and by the way, the case thing, my wife was able to figure out. It was just a little thing that was sticking up that needed to be flipped down. Yeah, there was, As you there might was well imagined. There was something in there that wasn't put back in the right place that was exactly. pre- preventing the And case she was from able to prevent the dust from getting in. She snapped it down. Took her about five minutes. Yeah. So the tech I'm paying for that came to my house to fix my computer could not figure out, could not deduce how it was to close the case. But I move on. And that and yeah, more importantly, the the tech who came to your house to fix it because that's his job. Right. That's what Second he does tech comes. all day long. <laughs> earpiece man. Now I have earpiece man. Okay. I didn't meet this guy. Oh, no? Oh, I know. No, my wife was home again. Oh, this, this was, this was not This was not. I Friday. was at work. She was, this was on a Thursday, I think. Okay. Finishes the work, replaces the parts, heads out. It's all set. All good. How long? All ready. Four hours? I think it actually lasts. I think he actually moved quickly. And my wife was more impressed by his... Uh, Speed well, of work. anything would have been impressive at that point. True, compared to the guy that we have dubbed in my house, Pudlow. Pudlow? Pudlow. <laughs> um, we dubbed the other guy Ragnar the Dwarf. Um, <laughs> and and so... Short, he, stocky, Ragnar, beard? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah actually, bright red hair, full face thing, mustache. He looked... Yeah, oh, he wow. was there. Awesome. Yeah, Pudlow and Ragnar. Uh, so Ragnar heads out. All done. My wife goes upstairs, fires up my computer, and she's looking at it. She's looking at my stuff. Like, wait a minute. He's not going to like that. Where's his Steam account? Where's his... Where's the... She goes into the computer. I got no D drive. My entire second... My main hard drive Uh is not there. Was it in the plastic bag with the wipes? (laughs) Uh, uh, <laughs> or it just wasn't mapped. I don't know. No, no, come on. You're being far too elaborate. 
First thing she does is call Ragnar back and go, yep. hey, buddy, my husband's D drive is gone. Uh, you're going to have to call Dell. <laughs> and she said, oh, I'm going to call Dell. <laughs> Trust me, you. But what you're going to do is come back here and fix this. Well, a bunch of calls go around. We get an email from Dell now that we get Dell Sri Lanka. And they're originally talking about sending him back out. But we get this email and it says, could you please consider reseating the hard drive for us? They and want- I immediately went, I'm sorry, what? Now they want you to be Me? technician number I'm three. Going to do it? You're technician number three now. Me? <laughs> You are asking me to fix something you broke. Right. To fix something and, that on-site service broke. Yeah. Now, so you, now wife, you are on-site service because you live there. Yeah, right. I'm permanent on-site service. I'm in-house. <laughs> I'm the in-house service guy. So I open this thing up. My wife does it. My wife opens it up. She looks at it. Smaller hands, better to deal with those tiny screws. Roger that. And he hadn't hooked up the hard drive cable to the motherboard. You're kidding. You're going to have to call Dell about that, about plugging the SATA cable into the hard drive. That's exactly it. So she goes, click. (laughs) And there it is. D drive. The case back on. C drive comes. D drive comes back. I'm going. Now, I've spent the last three, four days getting my life back. You know, you do get yourself a lot of passwords and and shortcuts and all this other stuff. So that's not to be disputed. But all this, all this on my nickel. Yeah. And of course, because life is filled with sweet, sweet ironies. (laughs) Is this an irony? I think this is an irony. They send the email. Could you please rate your customer service experience? And I'm like. Oh, I ain't taking no survey. <laughs> I'm actually sending a letter. I'm I'm writing an actual paper letter. Oh boy, to Dell, to Dell, just to confuse them. <laughs> what the hell is this? What the hell is this? And I'm I'm gonna write it longhand. <laughs> I can still do that, you know. I still have the ability to script it with a fountain pen. Uh, I do have one. I do. <laughs> very, very nice. No, is the, probably the most extravagant thing I ever bought. Let's say Parker Duofold 24 karat gold nib. Whew. I've never heard uh, of that. I, I, actually, I, I think you know this. I wholesaled office supplies for a year when I was in grad school. And okay. I knew the Parker sales rep really, really well. And he knew I had coveted a, a really nice dual. A duofold is a beautiful writing instrument. It's, I don't know if they're any good anymore. It's been 25 years. But they were it's a glorious writing instrument because it's because it is solid gold at the nib it um it softens and conforms to the way you write oh wow so when i bought my house that's what we used uh i use it for serious signing things it's it's locked away i got it for 60 percent off but it's it's a pen people it's a pen the 500 dollar pen <laughs> that's the one <laughs> I got it for much less than that, well, but yeah. it's it's still still it's it that's it's a and that's it's now system. not twenty five years ago. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah. So no, so I may write it in longhand and say, you know, don't you ever, don't you 
ever ask me to extend warranty or I will engage that telemarketer and explain <laughs> in great detail my story of Ragnar and Pudlow and how they wrecked my computer over a course of two weeks with their, you know, Bluetooth earpieces and sanitary wipes and oh. So here I am online, but I'm online. I'm, I'm online talking. How are you? <laughs> Thankfully, I'm not having uh, tech problems to that extent. Just the usual ones. Because... <laughs> oh. And the, and the thing is, and the thing is, and I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm over this. Okay. I just acknowledge it. I'm a slave to these things. Yeah. You know, I need this thing. It's, it's my job. Yeah. And I, you know, I told my wife, I said, if it dies, I got to buy a new one. What am I going to do? Not have a computer? Stop. I know. You know, I can't, I can't. Yes. It's my, also my main source of entertainment, whether it be movies or YouTube or video games, but it's, it's, nothing i'm going to do without so let's let's be mature about this is, is that the one that's hooked up to your video wall no the video wall is an is a old laptop oh okay that no this is this one is this i'm upstairs right now in the computer den uh the the room downstairs the affectionately titled sancta sanctorum uh you know holy of holies is the place where the <laughs> where packer games are watched and that's what well, was funny i was doing a I did do a, because my son has school and he sits right over to my left whenever he's still virtual. Yep. And uh, so he's over to my left here and he, you know, his school is the priority. So I had to do a training. And so we set up one of the other computers downstairs and people know that I do this radio show occasionally with one of the aldermen about the Packers. Yep. And I, whenever I do that, I introduce it by saying I'm calling in from the bunker, which is the, uh, I have this thing. I can't watch Packer games with other people. Why not? Well, you can come. There's a rule. I have. Let me be clear. I have watched it with other people. I don't want to talk to you. And by God, if you try to talk to me about something other than what's going on in the screen, I will throw you out. During the the actual game. During play. the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Commercials are okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that's yeah. just common sense. Who are these well, people that come over to your house and try to talk to you when the game is on? Well, like, so you know, what do you think about this? What are you doing? There is a game the, right the on. The clock well, is running, people. It's like, no, you don't speak. There's no speaking. See, that sounds There's... perfectly reasonable to me. Yes. yes. I, well, and I, I truly think that all Packer fans, at least, and I think Bear fans, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go that far. True football <laughs> fans understand this. Sure. You know, they, you, don't, you don't speak during the games. So that's why I call it the bunker, because I've got my PC down there, my iPad, my iPhone. You know, I'm following Twitter. I'm trying to keep up with the game while I'm watching the game. And of course, I'm not watch I'm not listening to the live broadcast. I'm listening to it on the radio because I can't stand the, <laughs> the national commentators. Unless I get no, if I get Nance and Romo, I'm fine. But all the others I just can't stand. Romo's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's from here. So <laughs> um, you know, those things are fine. But no, so I, I called from the bunker. Well, yesterday I do this training and I have, and I forgot to blur my background and someone saw the projection TV behind me and said, wait a minute, are you in the bunker? <laughs> and I went, yes, 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 I am. This is the bunker. This is, that's really cool. I've, I have picture, I have pictured it in my mind. And I'm like, wow. Okay. You, you, that's, that's, I think I'm creepy flattered by that. <laughs> This is this that's that's gracious. Thank you for saying so. Thank you for saying so. Oh, to be creepy flattered. Yeah, yeah, to be that's 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 a creepy flatter. That's so all right. 
That's some kind of a milestone. Oh, hey, uh, uh, before you go to that, so so, uh, what what generated the Dell rant was that uh, apparently they goofed up all your audio settings. Yes. Yes, they did. Well, well, it's it's, it's part of it's part of also just getting my, as I say, getting my life life back. back. Yeah. We had a little you know, difficulty like, getting okay, getting started. You re- you remember I need this thing to work with this thing, yep. and I have this camera, and I have this thing over here, and I need you to oh, this microphone, you know, and, these headphones, yeah, yeah, and I also I didn't have a password, um, but uh, yeah, for a while there, Jim couldn't hear me, but I could hear him, and I was yep. I was trying to talk to Jim, and if that sounds even remotely entertaining, all I might splice splice it together like cut out the the pauses and, ah. and and put a little bit at the end of this but uh so i was ah. jim while while all that was happening i was chatting you in zoom which i don't think you noticed would you like me no, to I, don't 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 look at that, it is that why it. i have oh, no i do I, I have zoom chats i do see i'm, I'm no, gonna I read so them to aggravated you. because i was already late <laughs> i'm I was going already to, late getting in and i was now so incredibly aggravated by this thing doing this to me i want to read oh, them see. to you to see if if you remember like uh what was happening so i said sure. First, I first I said, "Where is your IT department this morning?" <laughs> I'll tell you exactly where I was. I was deep down inside my settings for audio. I was talking about Michelle, but <laughs> oh yeah, the I, she, the I, she yeah, because she wants nothing better than to run into this room and save my bacon again. Considering she's just put up with two weeks of getting oh, this that's computer. True. That's that's where she is. She's on vacation, a well deserved. Yeah. yeah, she she took she's <laughs> taking a little time away from this career she didn't know she'd been hired for. Uh, then I said, "I'm playing with sound effects while you click your mouse because for like two minutes there, all I could hear was click, click, <laughs> click, click, see, click." And uh, then I said, "Is that your smoke detector?" <laughs> there was yeah, a very yeah. loud beep. That went off oh, a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, that beep, that was me trying to do the audio. <laughs> Thanks. You know, Microsoft is trying very hard to give you this helpful chat, people. It's like, you know, they, they, it's a pseudo chat. It reminds me very much of like the pitching Eliza to me. The uh the 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 early AI that they tried back in the yeah. days of the Tandy Raider Shack 80. And um I was <laughs> I was here and going well would you like me to try an audio test sure why it can't hurt right and so she generated those beeps but it did absolutely nothing to get my headset working and then and then at one point there was a great cacophony of noise coming coming from your end of the call including um very loud audio from what i think was Smokey and the bandit Correct. And he's bounded down, baby. I commented. Well done. Well done. Caught it by the audio. I'm impressed. I commented, your computer is making every noise except me. <laughs> <laughs> but why, no, I'm, I'm seriously impressed. You caught the snowman. Like... <laughs> Gonna go here to the choke and puke. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great movie. You must understand. I, I, need, I, I need to see it again. It's been forever. Yes. No other movies. You should You should watch no other movies. But, you know, here here is a movie where they seriously where they seriously showed us a whorehouse in an R, in a battered RV in some side road in the middle of Dixville Notch. And that and, and the, the head prostitute seduces a county mountie 
for the purpose of letting the bandit go free. <laughs> and of course it has Jackie Gleason, which you should always watch. Anything. Yes. But yeah, no, this, this, this movie is so much of its time. This movie is so much of its time. And, and, uh, and oh yeah. And Sally Field trying to smoke. I don't remember that. Like yeah. she's, well, she's, her there's, character a, there's a sequence, there's a sequence in which she tries time. to smoke, where she tries to smoke cigarettes. Where that's a thing, and where they've got you know, oh, just this movie. I just it, yeah, Smoking the Bandit. Watch it. That and Cannonball Run. Yeah, which has Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. and, and Dom and DeLuise. A, oh, and, and a wonderful PhD. Captain, oh, Captain, Captain Chaos. Captain right? Chaos. Yeah, Captain Chaos. Yeah, go go get you some. Definitely go get you some Smoking the Bandit. I'm telling you, the others, like I say, aren't really much worth the trouble. But those two, oh my God, Paul Williams. The wildly talented Paul Williams as the the evil genius behind the whole thing. Yeah, you know, he's the the little kid that bets him that he can't get the beer. Oh, <laughs> you know the guy who wrote freaking Rainbow Connection. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Look up, look up Paul Williams and realize what an incredible varied career he has had. He's an amazing talent. Isn't it just he's one of these guys that when he passes, we're just going to go, he did what? He was in that? He wrote what? It's it's amazing to me. Um, first time I ever saw him was in Phantom of the Paradise, which traumatized me for life. I Little Jim was going out. He I OK, look, confession time. I wanted to go see Saturday Night Fever <laughs> a lot. I did. I thought it was super cool. But I couldn't see it because it was rated R. And, and, my, and, and Grandma Alice was not having any of that. And young Jim was only how old? Uh, I'll be this. I'm probably, I'd be 13, 14 maybe. A little bit older than my son. Okay. And then they released a PG-13 version of it. They had PG-13 back then? No, it must have been PG. You're right. They didn't. They didn't. It must have been. They just released a PG version of it. So I could go see that. And I got to go see it at, a, at the Majestic Cinema, which is no longer there in Cudahy. Been uh, repurposed into, I think, a real estate office, actually. <laughs> and I went to go see it. And it was in a double feature with Phantom of Paradise. And I was, and I was so not ready for this movie. I was so not ready for this movie. It's a riff. It's a riff on the Faust story, featuring Paul Williams as the lead character. So, uh, yeah, I, I, among other things, was not ready in my background for extensive drug use, extensive booze use, and lesbianism. <laughs> oh, that, that, those those were not things I was ready to process. Yeah, PG thirteen was introduced July first, nineteen eighty four, because of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Correct. Yeah, that's right. And, and I knew that. I just saw that. Just saw that on one of those. One of the many reasons to watch YouTube is I can get TV and digestible pieces and shows that I like. Yep. So I really like the 19 things wrong with or, you know, seven things you didn't know about. And the seven, seven things you don't know about series is really good. Uh, and seven things you don't know about Indiana Jones includes that. Yep. That includes that. Okay, real quick before we move on. Yes. Um. We are here, episode uh, four seventeen, uh-huh. which uh, is 
52 times 8 plus 1. Okay. <laughs> Nurberger, as you know, is a weekly I, podcast. I'm not much of a numerologist, but I believe you. Drops every Wednesday. Um, early on, being the first year, we decided that uh, we would anniversarize ourselves every 52 episodes. Because there was no episode zero, we had our anniversary a week before that actual week, which is the last week, the last Wednesday in March. So it was March 27th, 2013. So our first anniversary was actually on March. I got to look at the calendar now. <laughs> go, go, gadget, iPhone. You know, you can scroll back to like forever. I, yeah. <laughs> if you go to the year view. <laughs> You go to the big, does it go all the way back to the Big Bang? I don't, I'm not sure how far back it goes, but it's gone, it's gone as far back as I've ever wanted it to. So yeah, uh, so 2014, that would have been uh, March, Wednesday, March 19th. So we we regressed to the third week, the third Wednesday in March. But because there are, because 52 weeks times seven days is only 364 days, Uh you have to account when talking about a weekly podcast, the year anniversary has to account for the leap week, which I have invented. It's a term I have invented <laughs> specifically to keep track of things that are weekly. So the leap week is going to happen every five or six years, depending. Why not seven? Well, because of leap years. Okay. Because in, in an actual leap year... When you have a February 29th, you get two days that you have to make up because now you're 366 days that year. Okay. So what happens is we go second anniversary, 2015 is March 18th, 2016, March 16th, 2017, March 15th, 2018, March 14th, and then 2019, we jump back forward again. I might have screwed that up. 2018 should have been the 21st. 20th, 21st. Um, so then in 2019, we, we got our first leap week, which brought us back to Wednesday, March 27th. <laughs> Oddly enough. Okay. The, the actual anniversary day on the anniversary date. So the next one will happen in 2024 when March 27th lands on a Wednesday again. But because we have added one leap week in the previous eight years, that means that 52 times 8 equals 416 plus 1, 417, which makes this the eight-year anniversary show. Oh, okay. (laughs) And Jim, you just lucked out (laughs) into being here today because this was supposed to be episode 416. But thanks to Kevin. And his decision to make the extra long episode <laughs> that became episodes, I gather. Yeah, and he still wouldn't have broken the record. Because the record is held by Matthew and Kurt for the Whiskeyathon episode that we did where we all got drunk and recorded for two hours and 57 minutes, which blew your record out of the water by a good hour. No, I was, I was easy two and a half hours at one point. You think? Yes. When did we go two and a half hours with you? Was that recent? I guarantee you we went almost till noon once. 
and I actually started at nine. How long ago would you say that was? I don't know. Because I have not been keeping up my spreadsheet. I, I may have to take umbrage. I may take this is umbrage. I'm taking. I, you know, I I was I have I have the old notebooks out because I couldn't remember. I know that you had gone like right up to, but not quite two hours. But I think I, I thought think I, I thought you're I was, right. I, I think I since then you did go. Yeah. Way over. Nope, that's only an hour and a half. No, no. Backwards in time. Flipping backward through the pages of time. Is this is thing? riveting listening. Isn't this it? Is, this is what. This is well, see, great. this is how we end up with three hour episodes. Nope, that's True. an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, no, here's, here's Kurt and Matthew with. Two hours, 56 minutes, and 45 seconds. Yeah, I may not have made it that far, but I No, 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 sure. I know you didn't make it that far. But I think yeah, you're I... right. Well, here's, here's one with you. One hour, 51 minutes, and 36 seconds. Yeah, see, I'm pretty consistently in that two-hour window, but I, I was pretty sure. One hour, 41 minutes. Because Craig was angry. <laughs> that you not really. went really long? Yeah, he was... No, nah, I'm kidding. Well, Kevin, Kevin was, uh, I gave him the option, one hour and 20 minutes, I gave him the option of allowing me to split that in half for being the second longest episode. And he said, if I can't be the longest, I'll be the girthiest. Well, because you have girth, man. Because <laughs> it spans two weeks. <laughs> there you go. Oh, boy. It is thrilling, isn't it? One hour, 43 minutes. And I think now I'm back into the spreadsheet. Moving on to the current notebook. By the way, I can't find these notebooks anymore. Target stopped selling them. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, the, that type of notebook. I see what you're saying. Yep. One hour, 44 minutes. I would love to settle this on the air, but... <laughs> this is like listening to you click your mouse earlier. Equally <laughs> dramatic. Flip. Two hours, 11 minutes, and 35 seconds. I think there that's the one. There we go. That's the one I'm thinking. 394. Let's see. What did we talk about? So that, that, that was in the window. That was in the window. We talked about um, grocery returns. No, that's an asterisk. That was something that I was supposed to mention and probably forgot. Funerals. Legacy contacts. <laughs> Sneezer's big boy plate. Yeah, wow. So that's actually relatively recent. Yeah, 394. Yeah. Hasbro rant. Yeah. Pontoon boats. That that must have been it. Not quite two and a half, but over two. So no, you you um yeah. In a non whiskey episode, technically, Jim, you still hold the title. <laughs> I yeah, my my, my... My bona fides get less and less impressive as you have to start saying things like, you are in the lead for those episodes that don't involve whiskey. And only have one guest. There you go. There you go. That's a, a twofer. Okay, now that I've sucked all the energy out of the show, Jim. <laughs> no, right. No, I got it. What are we talking about? We got plenty of energy. We have plenty. Did you see this stuff? Were you following the Diet Coke button story? No, I don't know what the Diet Coke button is. Is that like the easy button? It, it, sort of. Sort <laughs> of. The story goes 
Well, it, it, you could sort of look at this history however you want, but it's one of those cases where Seth MacFarlane saw something, brought it to our attention, said it to us, said it to us, and we didn't pay attention. And I want to be very clear, and I, people may not believe me when I say this, but I really don't like politics very much. What do you, do for, what do, you do for a job? I write. I, know, right? <laughs> I live in it. Um, but when you well, live in it, and it's a day job, like it, I, I don't, I, you know, I serve a government. And I, I mean very sincerely when I say that if you want to look and see the difference between successful and failed states through human history, one of the biggest dividing lines is a functioning, not uncorruptible, but sufficiently incorrupt bureaucracy. Okay. It's the middle ranks of government that always tear things apart in failed states. You know, when either through self-preservation or venality, they start taking for themselves. So I, I'm happy and I'm, I'm proud to be a bureaucrat. I'm very proud of it. I try to do a good job and I, I love the people I work with. They're very hardworking. And so I, I want to be clear that this is not a political statement, but this, this should not ever have gone unmarked because it's just an amazing study in the human psychology. There was a reporter, and I believe he was from Time. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Forgive me if I'm wrong. But there was a reporter from a major news outlet who was interviewing then-President Trump in the Oval Office. And as I would certainly do, he was looking around the great desk. The Resolute, is that? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And he was looking around the president's desk and it's, you know, there's so much history here, so much part of our culture. And he sees on it a, a nicely built wooden box, rectangular, let's call it six inches by three inches and about two inches high. Okay. And it's got a presidential seal on it. <laughs> okay. And it's got a red button. This is like launch the missiles. That's what you would think. <laughs> and he's looking at it and he's going, no way. Uh-uh. That's a cartoon. <laughs> no. What is that thing? He's not looking at it. Let's hope no one in that room has space madness. Right. You know, what's going on? <laughs> and finally, the president looks at this guy and goes, you want to know what that is, don't you? <laughs> And he's like, sir, yes, I do. Because I would. Yeah. Yes, what, what yes happened, I do. What happens when you push that button? I that need button, to know. Because it's sitting sort of in a prominent place on your desk. And that, if you look at the article, there's a picture of it. Yeah, that shiny red candy-like button. Yes. What is this button? So the president pushes it. Within two minutes, a gloved waiter appears in the Oval Office with a silver tray and a can of Diet Coke. <laughs> okay, Diet Coke button, yeah. And I went, oh, BS. And I told my wife, my life is a lie. Now, can't my, they just, my, like, have, build why a... Can't, why can't, why have I never been given a Diet Coke button? Well, why do, why do you have to have some guy with gloves and a, and a silver tray come walking in two minutes later? Why can't you, you know, install one of those pneumatic tube systems? And just have it come boink right up on the desk within seconds. You're you're the president. They can rig that up for you, can't they? Why not? They've been doing it in banks for years. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you want to go that way, 
if I'm the look, I want to be crystal clear. If I were the president of the United States, which I shall never be, but if I were the president of the United States, one of the things that you would damn well bet there would be, I don't, it would be no damn mini fridge. (laughs) There is going to be a full size fridge filled with nothing but Diet Coke in that MRF. Yeah, you're drinking one right now. I, um, you had it earlier on for a little bit. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you got two. You got a backup. Yeah. (laughs) That that's 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 not that's not optional. And yeah, I might go to, you know, Joe, the guy who stocks the fridge. and go, Hey, Joe, Joe, we're getting a little light. Can we make sure this is stocked? Because I'd want to see it full. That would be one of my little. It would need to be one of them fancy refrigerators with the glass door where you can see everything inside. Oh, that'd be nice. Yes. Joe, I'm looking at that thing and it's uh, getting a little, little thin. Can we make sure we get a couple more? Uh, I see a couple of, packs, couple of empty slots. Something the president, <laughs> you know, just saying the president is looking at that and speaking to myself in the third person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, so he's got this Diet Coke button. Now, Seth MacFarlane, to his credit, he actually did a cartoon snippet in Family Guy, everybody's favorite background noise, and did a bit where somebody was, I think it was Peter Griffin, was getting his head bashed in in the Oval Office, <laughs> and one button was the Diet Coke button, and the other button was the Nuke button. <laughs> and sure enough, every time he hit the Diet Coke button, the waiter came in, and nobody realized that that was based on a real thing. <laughs> oh, so he had he had heard about it. Yes, and put it he in apparently had read the article and paid attention. This, this wasn't a, an issue like where the, where the Simpsons predicted it years ahead. Right. No, no. He had, he had clearly heard about this story. And this, is, this then led me, and so this has become my thing. And look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Diet Coke obsessive. I, uh, I will borrow my favorite headline from The Onion on this subject, which is, man who drinks six Diet Cokes a day is hopeful that science is finding a cure for what's killing him. Yeah. You know, because I'm in that window. I do. Uh, well, they they don't call it diet anymore. They call it zero sugar and W root beer. That's my. See, that's, that's, that. my that's, that's, that's my diet Coke. Um, uh, diet soda without caffeine is communism. So you're on notice. But I have I have coffee in a mug right here. Oh, okay, good. good, good, good. As long as you have something, <laughs> I always have my diet or zero sugar and W root beer and my mug of of coffee with. Lots of cream and sugar in it. Right. Like well, well, this American led me to drink. The, the, this led me to this article in the Washingtonian, which you know is is certainly well worth a read. It's the dateline is February nineteenth, twenty twenty one, so it's recent. But it talks about what it was to wait on the president and his group. And look, 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 look. Famous people, rich people. Donald Trump is not the first rich person to have weird habits. Well, they make the point in the article that it it reads like, uh, you know, some some rock stars, rock writer. stars writer. Yeah, we, we, we know about this. This is not news. It's just a little weird when we hear it coming from the president. Well, apparently they, they got a hold of the actual like instructions. Yes. Right. And it's and it's the Diet Coke instructions that get. me. <laughs> and they have a picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. They. I think I, they I'm staged the they... picture, but they yeah. went through the trouble. They, they, they are not kidding when they say there was a protocol for serving the president Diet Coke. Yeah, it wasn't a can. 
on no. a platter. No. Although white gloves not were it. involved. It, it was this, you know, the, um, it was, you, and we'll just read it because it's worth reading. As soon as Trump was seated, the server had to, quote, discreetly present, unquote, a mini bottle of Purell hand sanitizer. <laughs> Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Yeah, because next Trump next a, a very there are dialogue germaphobe. Yeah, there are dialogue cues that you had to follow. They were given a script for what they were to say. Much like your uh, Southeast Asian Dell technician, Dell technicians. Just so, yep. Be good, and, and I love the fact that it says polite, no matter what this customer says to you. <laughs> yep. Do not quit. Do not quit. Do not quit. Do not quit. It was, quote, good, insert time of day, Mr. President, <laughs> would you like your Diet Coke with or without ice? Presumably, he would have it either way, and you could never uh, tell. Uh, a polished tray with chilled bottles and highball glasses was already prepared for either response. Mm -hmm. Directions for pouring the soda were detailed in a process no fewer than seven steps long and illustrated with four photographic exhibits. The beverage had to be opened in front of the germaphobe commander-in-chief, quote, never beforehand, end quote. <laughs> the server was to hold a long-neck bottle opener by the lower third of the handle in one hand, and the Diet Coke also by the lower third in the other. Once poured, the drink had to be placed by the president's right-hand side, quote, repeat until POTUS departs. That is just amazing to me. Yeah, why the lower third and not just the lower half? That makes me think that, you know, he's just trolling people with these requests. I, look, at, look at you. <laughs> look at you thinking what I was thinking. I'm like, are you just checking to see if somebody will do that? Are, are, are you just seriously trying to, to find out if they'll actually do it? Mm -hmm. Because I can't, I can't imagine. I can't. Well, look, and I ain't never <laughs> been rich. I ain't never going to be rich unless, again, my, my lottery's going to come in. You'll see. I keep buying tickets. Yeah, you know, well, I, I, I'm in the bot. I, I play the Bob and Brian rules. When it's over 100 million, I'll think about it. Yeah, that's what I do. You know, it's over. When it's over 100 million. I'll think about it, and and then really, I don't unless if I'm getting gas. That's when I will do it. That's oh, well, that's. Well, down here we have the app. Oh man, see, yeah, no, yeah, I don't have to leave the house. Yeah, this is Wisconsin land. That's immoral. <laughs> but I still wait until it gets over 100 million. Otherwise, I would be wasting tons of money. Currently, the Powerball yeah. is the one that's over 100 million. Is it? Is it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mega Millions is 60s something. You know, so, um, so, but again, this level of instruction about, I love me some Diet Coke. I mean, pr I'm probably addicted. I think any doctor, any, any <laughs> psychologist would probably have to conclude I'm addicted to the stuff. And I will say, the greatest waiter I ever had, bar none, it's not close. I tell this story constantly. Was it a Denny's? Really? It's unimaginable, but true. He, um, <laughs> it, was a bunch, it was a bunch of us coming after a theater bit. My wife was there before Edward. And uh, 
We were sitting down, 27th and Howard, still there. Sat down, guy came out, charming as could be. First thing was he took our orders and he didn't write one of them down. And there were seven of us. And we actually, we, I won't say we were elaborately different from the menu, but we, we had our little tweaks. Wow. Didn't write one of them down. Not one. Came back, lickety split, exactly what we wanted. That's Exactly, to the detail. That seems crazy to me because I can't remember somebody's name five minutes after I've met them. Amen. Five, five seconds I after could, I met them. Could never do it. I could never do it. I, I was, I, I've often wondered since that event, could I have done it when I was younger and my head was more pliable? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm still going to just say no. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a feat of the first order of magnitude to a but certain degree, saying, like the, 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 the waitering aspect of it is you, you kind of learn how to do that. I'm sure. Maybe. Oh, you, I'm you, sure there are, I'm sure there are better at it. Be, besides, besides, and again, I still don't think I could do it, no, but the either. menu is only so big. Right. And it doesn't really change all that often. No, 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 no. You get your specials, but yeah. you know, the menu is what it is. And so I'm sure after you've done it a thousand times, you lock it in a little bit. Plus they have their, their shorthand for what the menu items are, which as soon as you say it, they're, they're thinking in terms of the shorthand. Right. right there probably you know, makes it easier. Ham and a biscuit, pie on a rack, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> pie on a rack, onions up. So it's, uh, who knows? But, so that's probably true. That's probably true. But the thing that really got me was I had my ice. And this is one of the things I miss in COVID. I miss just leaning back in the booth and having an ice cold soda right there in that nice plastic cup with the ice in it. Drinking away and getting as many as I want. Yeah. Don't you even can, gotta go to the fridge. Well, you you can do that at home except for the getting getting them. That's what I'm talking right? about. I get to sit in the chair and have a nice person bring it to me. Yeah. Well you could but make so, you could make his lordship do it. Yeah, well. <laughs> and <laughs> he often well, volunteers. He's very gracious. If he's going to get one, he will share. You, you could know? tip him. That would yeah, encourage there, it. There you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so as I sit there, as I sit there and I, I finished my one soda. I as I was finishing it getting down just like jewels into the bottom of that Sprite from the big kahuna burger. (laughs) Even as I got down in there and you could hear the ice and, you know, sucking the last bit of it through the ice, I put it down. I reached to my little bit to my right. And there was a full soda waiting for me. Yep. He had just seen it, sensed it and brought me another. And I went, you are good, man. You are good. <laughs> That's the 30% tip right there. There it is. Winner, yep. winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> and and so, you know, yes, did I love that experience? I did. I'm talking about it, what, 15 years later. But but this is, we had as our president a man who had a Diet Coke button. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I so much, forgetting all about the politics of it. I want to have a conversation about what this means psychologically. Now, I will admit every now and then, and my wife hits me when I do this, I will sit at the kitchen table and I will just start punching the table like there's a button there. (laughs) And she'll say, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. You're not the president. There was a button. You can get up and go get yourself. (laughs) He had a button to bring him a diaper. We have fridges. Yeah. We have fridges. That's the part I can't get over. I don't, if you love it that much, and I do, install a fridge. 
You're the president. Get a, get the best fridge. Or get a refrigerated room with a mechanism and a pneumatic tube going straight uh, to your yes, desk. There you go. Back to the tube. Gonna <laughs> 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 come off fizzy. So uh, I'm sure they could do it. Speaking of rich people and things, other things I don't understand in life. This article. <laughs> This is so great. I love, I can't tell you how much I love this article. Second March, this is recent, 2021. There is in England, Wentworth, an old prestigious golf club in Northwest Surrey. This is a place, it's right outside of London. It's not that far from London. It's a class, let's, if you're from the Milwaukee area, think of it as Brookfield, <laughs> the town of Brookfield. Okay. Sort of, you know, it's not swanky, swanky, like a River Hills, but it's definitely upper middle class. And it's doctors, and it's lawyers, and it's dentists, and it's people who make, you know, whose salaries are probably bumping towards a million dollars a year, and certainly several hundred thousand. And they can afford to build a country club that, let's face it, excludes those that lack their means. Let's think of it, to borrow a nerd, a nerd burger universe reference, let's think of it as, I don't know, Judge Smales in Caddyshack. Yep. He's got that nice boat. He's, you know, lords it over the country club. And he, you know, He's, he's the big fish in this medium-sized pond. Along, it would seem, <laughs> into this world rolls up Rodney Dangerfield. The problem is he's not an affable lout. He's a Chinese man by the name of Yan Bin. Yan Bin who is worth billions Be of dollars. Because of? He is a real estate broker. Is that where he got his money? Mm -hmm. I thought it was Red Bull. Well, no, no, no. He diversified into Red Bull. Oh, okay. And by the way, he isn't Red Bull. He owns for South, and one of, the, one of the fascinating things that this article, and by the way, for those looking for it, this article is from the Guardian of London, 2nd March, 2021, cool. if you're looking for the source. We'll link to it on our page. He, uh, he points out, the art, this is a great article, for, you know, it's a long article, a great, an amazing read, in my judgment. One of the things it talks about almost, a, well, no, it is. It's a, it's, a, a, this, it's a discursion. It's not the main story. Red Bull apparently has a radically different formula depending where you're serving it in the world. Yep. Some places like it more fizzy. Some places like it more flat and medicinal. Which sounds gross, but okay. I, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I don't even know. Well, you know, we have, he, the, we have the world of Coke here in Atlanta, which has a tasting room that is nothing but kiosks that have multiple, and by multiple I mean hundreds 
of fountain taps on them, and you can get everything that Coke makes all around the world. Mm-hmm. And some of these things taste absolutely disgusting. Okay. Like flat and medicinal. <laughs> you know, but yeah, he, uh, and, and, and this is since we're on this discourse, because it is interesting. So he basically headed off to China. Uh, you know, he, or sorry, he emigrated to Thailand in the 80s. And he fought through poverty. He set up a company. He returns home with money, which we doesn't, doesn't say where he got it from. And, a, and he changed his name to a Thai name in a series of contacts. He then sets up the TCP group to sell Red Bull in China. So the, he ventured that way. Um, and he apparently made the really pitched it in China because he positioned it as a premium product, <laughs> selling it in a heavy gold color can and basically twice the cost of a can of Coke. So it was better. This is, this is the part that I, I can't quite get out of my head. His success was spectacular. Quote, <laughs> in China, pregnant women at hospitals are sometimes given Red Bull to stimulate labor. <laughs> Yeah, what is it like? Uh, what's the American version of that? It's like eggplant parmesan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then quote: "Children drink Red Bull before exams." Well, th- that made absolutely perfect sense to me. I right. think children no, no, drink yeah, Red yeah, Bull I'd probably want to gas up. Here. Although, again, children. Yeah, what do they mean by children? Like kindergarten? Yeah, how young? <laughs> oh, and I want to address this heavy can that is gold colored. What do you think that's made out of in China? Oh Le- my God! Lead poisoning imagine? anyone? Oh, oh, can you imagine? And then Red Bull earned Raywood, the, the name of the company, 3.1 billion in revenue. Estimates of his wealth vary widely. The Bloomberg Billionaires Index pegged it at 2.9 billion, while the Hunan, the Huron reports annual China Rich List put it at 16.2. Here's the line. He takes meetings in his smoking jacket, pipes in hand, and often helicopters around Beijing. I wonder, Jim, do you think he's got a Red Bull button? I just got to bring him a Red Bull. Of course he does. Yes. Yes, he does. Because his daughter is famously photographed with this very weird recursive picture of himself with Donald Trump. Oh, that's right. You know, from from back in the day. Yeah, from the day. Yeah. So he's. You know, he he is he is tied into the gangster government that runs China. Um, he's he's closely connected to them. He has a you know, it's it's so, so strange. So in any event, this guy, this outsider who is look, he's just rich. He's filthy rich. R- real estate and Red Bull, baby. But apparently the Red Bull is the, the place that really put him over the top. I think you're right in that. Um, so the. Uh, so, so there was there, you know, there, there's all that stuff. He comes to England and lays down an astonishing amount of money to buy Wentworth, this golf club. And what does he do? He says, this is just the best. Members now, even if you are a current member, must reapply to join <laughs> paying 100,000 pounds for a debenture 
loaning the money to the company that owns it for a term of 50 years. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Five zero or one five? 50. Five zero. Whoa. So um, for the rest of their lives and beyond yes. for most of these people? Yep. Annual dues, 10,000 pounds for an individual, 16,000 pounds for a family, where previously a family had paid eight. So double. Double. Even if you could afford it, which most can't, because this was not, this was, this was Judge Smales rich. This wasn't Jan Bin rich. Okay. Or Rodney Dangerfield rich. Uh, right, right. Sorry. Yeah. This isn't, yeah. Or Rodney Dangerfield. This is, this is, this is not Judge Smales rich. This is Rodney Dangerfield rich. To make things exclusive, as if that isn't, by the way, as if that isn't exclusive. Al Zervik. Al Zervik rich. There you go. <laughs> CZ. <laughs> to make things exclusive, he wanted to issue only 888 debentures. Why? That's a lucky number in China. Because <laughs> luck so as if has the, everything to do with it. As if he wasn't sticking it to these local British enough by buying out their snooty country club right out from under them. He makes the point that the number of debentures is going to be limited by a number that's important to the Chinese and has no meaning in English. And this is down from how many memberships? Doesn't even say, but it's in the thousands. I thought it was like 4,000. Oh, there it is. Yep. Number of members, 4,000 to just a few hundred. Okay. There it is right there. 4,000. So yeah, 4,000. So cutting it by more than a quarter, but it points out even in that group, there's probably most won't be able to afford it anyway. And the, the whole point, and then they go through the article about how from 1922, when this club was founded, the whole point of it had been to create a millionaire's paradise on the outskirts of London as golf took over. Well, they've got like a, um, one of them uh, mansion communities right in the middle yep. of this thing. That's, and that's one of those things. It's where as, if you play, apparently if you play these links, you sometimes have a hard time discerning what's in play and what's out of play because the houses are right there. And when, when you say houses, <laughs> you mean things right. nearly indistinguishable from the clubhouse. Right. Which They're, is itself this crazy crenellated thing. Well, it's like an old, uh, it's an old fort or something. That yeah. They converted. Yeah. Yep. So here you have this case of hot new money come and, and this is a famous club by the way it's not just merely for the rich it it is you know it had a certain je ne sais quoi in the 60s and the 70s as you know cliff richard and elton john played it once or twice apparently the bgs rode around it in an open top rolls you know it was it it was the place where they could be famous and play with the famous and you know the plutocratic few could hang out well now you ain't the richest no more. And you've got a guy who, let's face it, is a little bit mentally unstable. Speaking of the rich and their, uh, this, none of Wet Feet's members have properly met Jan Bin. That's the name of the group that works there or that owns memberships. He flies in for the award ceremony at Wentworth's annual PGA tournament, but remains unapproachable. 
Some of us were invited to the opening of his Four Seasons Hotel in London, they said, where Placido, where Placido Domingo sang an aria. Finally, Yan Bin himself took the stage to sing a Chinese song backed by an orchestra. <laughs> he doesn't have a great, the quote is, quote, he doesn't have a great voice, but he belted it out. I can best describe it as karaoke. <laughs> So, so that's the guy who has come in and bought this sucker. You know, a little bit eccentric. Maybe yeah. he's got like some of the Red Bull madness. Yeah, we don't, we don't know, we well, don't know. But this is extra once again blood. St- st- <laughs> from that special can. <laughs> you got that special solid gold can that's a little bit. It's, it's just amazing. It just, and it's. And, and yes, there are British people who are describing this as a colonial project. That this is a little bit of Chinese revenge for British colonialism. Yep. You know, and it's, well, it's money, baby. But I It's lo- money. I, I love the comparison of these people who are members or were members currently who had this guy come in like Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. And but your comparison to them is the Judge Smaleses of <laughs> Wentworth. What are, what are you what are you doing to Wentworth? Me <laughs> We've been here since nineteen twenty two. We've had a PGA tournament since nineteen sixty five. The Bee Gees played here. My god man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh nineteen twenty yeah, nineteen twenty two. So they're they're coming up on their um hundredth. Hundredth next year. Yeah, no, it's, mo- it's, most it's... of the people who were there won't be there to see it. <laughs> but they point out, and they do point out, that there is a break here. Because from the 1920s to the 1960s, it was this super hip thing. But then it sort of fell into disrepair. The thing that really kicked it in the pants was the growth of wealth under Margaret Thatcher, this new wealth. And those folks have been the ones that have really come up and revivified it and shown a greater interest in this thing. So... And those are the people now who are going to be uh, kicked to the curb. <laughs> Including, presumably, the way that this is written, some of the people that live in those houses. They won't be able to live there anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's... that's and, and look, I think we all know enough about Chinese culture and the current state of... Well, not Chinese culture, but that current government to know they don't care. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to live here, get out. You know, everybody, the, the people who idolize the Chinese for their efficiency and things like that, it's like, yeah, this is, a, con- this is, this is a, a country that doesn't care much about human beings on an individual basis. Let's be very, very clear about that. Quote, unquote, efficiency. Yeah, that's easy yeah. to attain when you have camps of slave labor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when, you're, when you have, or if you need, if you have need to, uh, you know, put a factory in an area you just move everybody forcibly yep you know, so the ultimate yeah. eminent domain <laughs> you know so that's 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 the that's that's the oh yeah that's true this is our domain and yes we are eminent so <laughs> that's that's the thing there so all right that's part that's part two of my rich people are different <laughs> 
is there a part three uh there, there's not unfortunately oh. i would love it because all good things do come in threes no 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 we must instead discuss i have to provide my regular cyberpunk 27 update yes let's do it what's um, going on with this everybody knows train wreck everybody knows that i'm game. obsessed with uh <laughs> it almost needs its own theme um everybody <laughs> knows that i've been obsessed with the super release of 2021 cyberpunk 2077 first it's incredible delays and how people were upset and infuriated Secondly, they were upset because it was broken on the, both the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One on release. And so there was more rage about that. Wait, wait, wait. You, oh. want, a, you want a theme for Cyberpunk 2077? I, I think so. I think I got you covered here. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, it's just just a bunch of gnomes that are trying desperately to stay ahead of the collapsing scenery <laughs> you know because that's what's going on for them I, I just saw this headline in kotaku february 24 i would just i seriously i knew i was going to be on the show and so i said well you know what let's maybe i throw in a five second thing about hey cyberpunk 27 is doing better hooray uh, no. no february 24th 2021 Cyberpunk 2077's next big patch delayed following cyber attack. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, cyber attack edition. <laughs> and I can't handle it. <laughs> Headlo- it's, it's, it's like, I, I feel so bad. I feel so bad for these people now. The next major patch for Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed to an unspecified date in March. Which is CD already happening. <laughs> EG Project Red announced in a tweet today, citing the recent cyber attack against the company as the reason for the delay. Well, that seems kind of legit. It does. No, no. I, I don't understand how you could possibly criticize them. So let's take a look. We click the link about the recent cyber attack. The headline, <laughs> oh, February geez. 9th, 2021, CD Project Red hit by cyber attack. Source code for Cyberpunk 2077 and Witcher 3 held for ransom. Ouch. Unidentified actor, quote unquote, has hacked some of its systems and included a screenshot of the ransom note. Access data includes source code for some of the studio's games. Yesterday, the CD Projekt statement began, we discovered that we have become a victim of a targeted cyber attack due to which some of our internal systems have been compromised. The hacker's note threatens to reach release source code for Cyberpunk 27, The Witcher 3, including an unreleased version, and Givent, or Gwent, sorry, Gwent, as well as release company documents relating to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and more. The hacker's note gives the Project Red 48 hours to, quote, come to an agreement, end quote. <laughs> That's an interesting way to say it. After which the hacker threatens to sell source code or information. Um... You see here, I want you to give me your money. And when you, you do, there. we have uh, then come to an agreement, you see. <laughs> and, and then, and then we go to the note itself. Hello, CD Project. You have been epically, spelled wrong, pwned. We have dumped full copies of the source code from the Perforce server for Cyberpunk 27, 7th Witcher, Gwent, and the unreleased version of Witcher 3, three exclamation points. If we do not come, to, also we have encrypted all of your servers, but we understand that you will likely recover from backups. If we 
If we will not come to an agreement, then your source code will be sold and leaked online and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. Your public image will go down the, uh, the shitter is the word, even more and people will see how their word shitty, your company functions. <laughs> Investors will lose trust in your company and the stock will dive even lower, exclamation point. You have 48 hours to contact us. Wow. <laughs> well, they now, most, most likely will be able to recover from backups. That is, a, you're assuming that, yeah, that, 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 that isn't that always it, so. It is unless their IT department sends a uh, Ragnar or and oh, Ragnar, Ragnar, Ragnar and Pudlow, Ragnar and Podunk, P Pudlow, Pudlow. <laughs> yeah, if their IT department sends down Ragnar and Pudlow, they will break the servers, and this game will never ever come out. <laughs> and this game will never ever come uh, out unless they so, hire Michelle to fix it. Yeah, right. They'll yeah. have to call my wife to come in and fix their servers and slap Pudlow and Ragnar upside the head. Now, I will I will also say, I mean, it is very, very tempting to go, let me get this straight. The company that gave us Cyberpunk 2077 got hacked by by cyber attack. That pwned, that, you know. Hacked and pwned. They were pwned. They were pwned. Epicali. They were epicali pwned. <laughs> Epicali pwned. I went to high school with Epicali pwned. Um, <laughs> Whatever happened to him? <laughs> yeah, God. He's a good dancer. Um, that's great. That's my new character. Your next, we do this in my family a lot. Your next character, the fop, Epicali pwned. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, that's, but I can't take joy in that. I can't because it's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This company that has been through so much, that has struggled through so much, that has tried so hard. I mean, I, I do see the effort. And, and then and then these yutzes <laughs> epically pwn them. And then this. Just amazing. It's just, you want it, like you say, you want the story to be a good one. And I just don't see it happening now. Because now their their next patch is uh, not coming out. Let's see here. Oh, and, and then, yeah, there was that other thing. The first patch released in January as planned, though it didn't change much for the troubled Xbox One and PlayStation 4 versions of the game, and in fact introduced a game-breaking bug. <laughs> so Fix Nothing made some things worse. Yeah. So then there was a patch for the patch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that fixed the thing that they made worse, but not the other thing that they were trying yeah, to fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Ouch. So well, we will definitely, the next time we get together, we will check in on CD Projekt Red. It's a Polish studio, so love my people. Um, they, uh, they, we will check in with CD Projekt Red just to see how they're doing. <clears throat> There's a joke now, in there somewhere about light bulbs and video games, but we won't do that. Yeah, no, no. It, uh, <laughs> we really shouldn't. Even though the, uh, we, you know, we are, we're allowed to, both of us. True, true. We, are, we can launch. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We can launch with names like ours. Get out of here. Get <laughs> well, out of here with that. Yeah. Names yeah. like my names like my grandma's. Figlus oh, so it's that that's true. Fig that's true. Figluski. Nice. <laughs> we are we are we are cabbage rich and vowel poor. I got the ski. Um, I didn't get any of the CZs though. Yeah, yeah. 
So instead, let's let's drift away from these sad thoughts, drift to happy thoughts if we can. If hey, we may. happy thoughts. Dude, let's let's. It's our birthday boy. It's birthday, our birthday boy. Boy, Samuel Pepys. Sammy's birthday. It was. It was Sammy's birthday on the twenty third of February. Oh boy. Sam was Sam was, Sam was be- given the day the before gift. this article came out. Yes, the, the, <laughs> the gift, the gift that was Samuel Pepys came into the world 23rd February 1633. So we are actually not insanely far away from the uh, what is that? The 500th anniversary of his birth. Wow, two more years. No, 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 10, 12 more 12 years. More years. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's, that's not that far. Not in the scheme of 500 years? No, no. So it's about 12 more years. We'll be at the fi- and I'm sure there'll be a lot of academic rememberings and things like that. You know, I never, d- I never did acquire that, uh, was it a bobblehead or some kind of a figure of Martin Luther from, for his 500th? Oh, no? Anniversary? You never did get one. But that wasn't his birth. Yeah. Was that his birthday or was that just the anniversary? No, that was the 500th the- anniversary of the Reformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I no, had I, I had, uh, I I had got... my people up there looking looking for one for me, and nobody found one. Boo! Boo. I said all I want for Christmas and yeah, and my, no, and my birthday my wife, this year is one was, of these. That things. was from that was from the Milwaukee Admirals. Yeah, yeah, and my wife works there, and she couldn't I get one. Did. I didn't get one. Oh wow! I don't very... feel so bad now. No, no, I was most disappointed though. There's there's no doubt about it. The uh, so it was uh, yeah. So it was, it was, that, that was the 500th anniversary, but no, Sam, uh, Sam, Sam had his birthday and it was very nice. Somebody online, one of the people that I follow on Twitter retweeted a picture of someone whose uh, lockdown project was embroidering in a lovely, lovely version, that famous painting of Sam that you photoshopped <laughs> onto the back of a chair. Oh, wow. Did a really nice job of it. And uh, that was her. She just spent the whole lockdown just slowly embroidering this painting of Sam. And I'm like, that's really cool. I'm just, you know, it's, it's nice that we, you know, for all the fun we make of him, it's nice that he's remembered because there, there's a lot there, you know? Well, you know, um, last week with Kevin, he said he was listening to the episode with, from, from before him with Matthew and uh, Matthew's friend Sam from, mm-hmm. from England from Shrewsbury. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he was, you know, kind of like half listening while he was working or whatever. And he heard, he heard Sam from Shrewsbury and he's like, is this Sammy peeps? Do, do, we, <laughs> do we score Sammy peeps on the show? And he's like, Oh, wait a minute. No, this is, that's a dead guy. And this is a live guy. And oh, okay. But for a second there, he thought <laughs> that we had somebody pretending to be Sammy peeps on the show. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so so we have Sam's birthday. Yeah, and he is so he said, is he celebrating his birthday in in what year now? Are we? Well, we're, we are we are loitering our way through 1663. So this is his thirtieth birthday. Yeah, this is this is indeed the occasion of his thirtieth birthday. I don't know. So, I don't know about you, Jim, because because you know so much more about Sammy Peeps than I do. But but as we've been listening to these stories, for some reason, I've been picturing him much older than in his twenties. <laughs> well, but remember though, remember, 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 remember that it is you. You get old quicker, right? You get older quicker in this time. Why? Because you don't live as long. Not True. everybody lives out of childhood, for one thing. 
Yeah. Most many don't. And the other thing is, yes, people do live into their old age. Sir Edward Cook, the character I played at the Renaissance Fair, he lives into he lives to be 80. So you could live that long, but most it wasn't don't. very common. Yeah. Right. And so what? you matured much more. I tell the story all the time. If you ever have a chance, watch um watch Sam Adams. It's a great the the, the Paul Giamatti plays plays Sam Adams. I can't imagine anyone doing it better. I it, he is so good. And just just definitely check that out. There's a scene in there though where Sam is where Sam Adams is talking to John Quincy Adams, his son. And his son is 16 years old at this time. And he tells him that his get, son get is his, being assigned to go with Thomas Jefferson, who is our ambassador to Russia. To go to go down to the DMV and get his license. Yeah, right. <laughs> or to go, you know, make sure you get your work permit so you can start working the fry grill at McDonald's. <laughs> no, he tells him you're going to Russia. <laughs> and you're going to be the secretary to Mr. Jefferson, who is our who is our ambassador. This is now, John John Quincy Adams. Yeah, sixteen now year he's old. Sixteen. So he's all squeaky voice, like, yeah, okay, yeah, Dad, I'll go, I'll go to Russia. Well, here's the thing: in that time, going to Russia, you were going to Mars. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no trains. No, it took months to get there, right? Yeah, right between the boat trip. <laughs> To get you to Europe, and then the carriage rides till hell won't have it. To get you all the way to Moscow or St. Petersburg. Are you kidding me? And then, you know, John Quincy starts to cry because he's scared. (laughs) And John Adams looks at him and says, I'm not coming back, am I, Pop? (laughs) Are you sending me to get killed by Cossacks? And John Quin- and John Adams looks at him and goes, "Sats Adams, it's John Adams. I'm, what am I? I'm 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 obsessed with Sam. It's John Adams. I'm sorry. There's so many Sam. It's, it's hard to keep track of. Yeah, yeah. And we do have a Sam Adams. It's a beer. Um, it's John Adams. And, and John Adams looks at John Quincy Adams and says, "You will not cry. You will do your duty. I will miss you, and I love you, <laughs> but you will do this. Like, can you imagine telling a 16 year old kid that today? No." basically send you to freaking space (laughs) you know i won't be able to communicate you with with you except by letters that take weeks you're by the way doesn't speak a lick of russian yeah is he getting a getting sent with a translator well presumably the russian court is speaking french okay but still he's being sent into a culture he doesn't understand at all a country he doesn't understand at all a language he doesn't understand at all and he's 16 years old so this all goes to the fact that you figure it out sooner yeah you know so not surprising that sam sounds like a grandpa you know and, and so yeah i mean the fact that at 30 you know he he's rolling along at 30 that i guess it's not that big I guess it doesn't surprise me that he's that far along in life. Yeah. Although he does have a case of the advanced grandpas. Uh, <laughs> which, which is one of the reasons that I identify with Sam so much. <laughs> that, uh... Hang on a second, Jim. I got to go tell these kids to get off my lawn. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll sit right here. I thought you were going to go outside and yell at clouds. <laughs> well, I'll do that while I'm out there. 
<laughs> so yeah, I figured we would go, and we would, you know, it's a little bit before our times, but it uh, the uh, I, I figured we would grab the uh, the day the day of his birthday to see what Sam did. Close enough. Yeah, birthday. we got to see what he's doing on his birthday because we've seen what he does on every other day of the year. Right, and to it's, see it's just pretty spectacular. The <laughs> the um, and it's a milestone birthday too. Thirty. Yeah, it's the big. It's the big thirty knot. It's the big thirty knot. So yeah, here we go. Twenty third February, sixteen sixty two. Up by times, and not daring to go by land. Slipped to Whitehall by water, where to Mr. Coventry, and as we used to, to the Duke, which is, of course, the Duke of York, the Lord High Admiral, his boss, which, by the way, is the, which, by the way, is the, uh, he's the, the head guy. He becomes James II. King? The, the, yes. Okay. The other, my fellows, being come. But we said nothing of our business, the Duke being sent for to the King, who, who he could not stay to speak with us, so he had to head off. This morning came my Lord Windsor to kiss the Duke's hand, being returned from Jamaica. Fun. He tells the, Beach he tells vacation. the Duke. Yeah. <laughs> he tells the Duke that from such a degree of latitude going thither, he begun to be sick and was never well till his coming so far back again. And then presently began to be well. He told the Duke of their taking the fort of St. Iago upon Cuba by his men. But upon the whole, I believe that he did matters like a young lord and was weary of being upon service out of his own country where he might have pleasure. For me thought it was a shame to see him this very afternoon, being the first day of his coming to town to be at a playhouse. Thence to my Lord Sandwich. Now this, of course, is his benefactor, who, though he had been abroad again two or three days, is falling ill again and is let blood this morning, though mm -hmm. I hope it is only a great cold that he has got. It was a great trouble to me, and I had great apprehensions of it, that my lord desired me to go to Westminster Hall, to the Parliament House door about business, and to Sir William Wheeler, which I had told him I would do, but durst not go for fear of being taken by these rogues, what? but was forced to do so, to Whitehall and take boat, and so land below the tower at the Iron Gate, and so the back way over Little Tower Hill, and with my cloak over my face, took one of the watermen along with me and stayed behind a wall to the new buildings behind our garden while he went to see whether anybody stood within the merchant's gate under which we passed to go into our garden. And there standing but a dirty little boy before the gate did make me quake and sweat to make me think he might be a trepan, T-R-E-P-A-N. But there was nothing. So I got safe into the garden and coming to open my office door, something behind it fell in the opening, which made me start so that God knows in what a sad condition I should be in if I were truly in the condition that made a poor man is for debt, and therefore ought to bless God that I have no such real reason, and to endeavor to keep myself by good deportment and good husbandry out of any such condition. At home I found Mr. Creed with my wife, and so he dined with us, I finding by a note that Mr. Clark, in my absence, and this is, uh, he's a lawyer, in my absence hath left there, that I am free and he has stopped all matters in court. I was very glad of it, and immediately had a light thought of taking pleasure to rejoice my heart, and so resolved to take my wife to a play at court tonight, and the rather because it is my birthday, being this day 30 years old, 
for, to, for which let me praise God. When my wife dressed herself, Creed and I walked out to see what play was acted today, and we find it the slighted maid. But Lord, to see through, I did know myself to be out of danger, yet I durst not go through the street, but round by danger to Tower Street. By and by took coach into the Duke's house, where we saw it well acted, though the play hath little good in it. Being most pleased to see the little girl dance in boys' apparel, she having very fine legs, only bends in the hams, as I perceive all women's do. The play being done, we took coach into court, and there got good places, and saw the wild gallant performed by the king's house. But it was ill-acted, and the play so poor a thing, as I never saw in my life almost. And so little answering the name, that from beginning to end, I could not, nor can at this time, tell certainly which was the wild gallant. The king did not seem pleased at all, the whole play, nor anybody else, though Mr. Clark, whom we met there, did commend it to us. My Lady Castlemaine was all worth seeing it tonight, and little steward, uh, Mrs. Wells, did appear at court again, and looks well, so that it may be by the late report of laying the dropped child to her was not true. It being done, we got coach and got well home about twelve at night. Now as my mind was but very ill-satisfied with these two plays themselves, so I was in the midst of them sad to think of spending so much money and venturing upon the breach of my vow, which I found myself sorry for. I bless God that my nature would be well contented to follow the pleasure still, but I did make payment of my forfeiture presently, though I hope to save it back again by forbearing two plays at court for this one at the theater, or else to forbear that at the theater which I am to have at Easter, but it being my birthday and my day of liberty regained to me, and lastly, the last play that is likely to be acted in court before Easter because of Lent coming in, I was easier content to fling away so much money. And so, to bed. Where do you want to start? <laughs> oh, let's, 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 let's start at the beginning, even though I want to start at the end. Um. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing I'm that you have to understand about law in England okay. in the 17th century, and really before, well before. At a certain point, you know, in our society, if I sue you, what do I do? I serve papers on you, right? Okay. And then I tell you, you've got to show up in court to answer this lawsuit that I've made against you. And if you don't, eventually I'll just get a judgment against you and I can then enforce it against your wages. I'll go to your employer. I never have to physically get you. Right. I've got to serve you, you but I don't have to find you. Physically get the papers to you, but that's it. Right. I've got to, no, I've got to get, I've got to serve you the paperwork. Right. And I've got to pay for that, but I don't got to get Mike. I don't got to grab Mike. Right. Right. That didn't used to be the case. That's not the case. (laughs) Sam is involved in an accusation of embezzlement at the Navy board where he is an employee. Okay. So this is, so when he talked about uh, uh, the, the case in court, he was, ta- he was talking about law court, but yep. it's, it's not the, the case that we talked about before about him, you know, where they sued him because of writing in his diary, which may or may not have been made up in the movie. Correct. I can't remember. No, that's not this. Okay. This is a case of embezzlement that is alleged he didn't do enough about. 
He's not directly involved. Okay, but, but there's an accusation made that he didn't do enough. He knew he knew what was going on and didn't start, try to stop it. Exactly. Okay. And so if that accusation, and that is going to be used not so much to get to the facts of the matter, but as political retribution or as an opportunity to take him down. Yep. So in this era, what do you do? Well, in this era, what you do is you hire sergeants at law. Have you ever seen Much Ado About Nothing? Um, probably, but I don't remember. All right. There's a character in there that is played in the um, Kenneth Branagh version by Michael Keaton. He's a bit of a lunatic. <laughs> okay. And this is Shakespeare making fun of these sergeants at law who often were basically toughs who you paid money to go find the guy you're suing and drag him literally to jail. <laughs> okay. So that he can be brought to bar to brought to court. Okay. Th this explains a lot in, in, in this first half that I wasn't understanding. <laughs> so up by times and not daring to go by land. So he is afraid to walk in the streets for fear that one of these sergeants at law is going to find him and drag him to court. Can you imagine what this does to someone with Sam's constitution? <laughs> he is having an attack of the vapors like you can't even imagine. More so than usual, yes. <laughs> he, is, he is locked up like a bad radiator. <laughs> you know, and so... You know, and we'll we'll come back briefly because it doesn't, you know, it's just an interesting story that he tells about getting to meet with the Duke. But, you know, his Lord Sandwich tells him, you have to go for me to Westminster. <laughs> like, and uh... Sam's like, no, no, they know I'm going to go there. <laughs> That's one of the places they're probably watching. They're looking for me there. <laughs> So he goes to, but he's forced, he's got to go. He goes by boat, yep. but he goes below the tower at Iron Gate. He's sneaking into White Westminster, is what he's doing. Through like the service entrance. Yes, well, no, he's actually going through the Trader's Gate. It's still there. Okay. You, you don't want to be going through those doors and then up over Little Tower Hill. So he's coming around the back way. And how does he do it? With my cloak over my face. Yeah. <laughs> like he's uh like he's Dracula. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Well he's you know, he's he's wrapped it around it, he's peeking out from behind it. Yeah, yeah. Taking one of the he bring he tells the bargeman, You gotta come with me. <laughs> <laughs> and he has him stay behind the wall in our garden while he he tells this guy. I'm going to hide here <laughs> while you go see if there's anybody in there. <laughs> and the only guy in that, Sam just slaps this kid. There's no one there but a dirty little boy. But this boy did make me quake and sweat. That he might be a trapon? A trapon, a rough, a tough. Okay. And he capitalized it, which is interesting, but it's one of these people. So he gets then through the garden. He comes to his office door. And when he closes, when he opens the door, something behind it falls. <laughs> and he goes, ah, oh, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I pooped a little. 
That wasn't a fart. (laughs) (laughs) So that God knows in what sad condition I would be in if it really were. And now he thinks, and so amazing. Why is Sam amazing? So many reasons. Think of this. He knows what his situation is, but he then thinks, what must it be like to be a poor man who's broke and is being pursued because you go to prison for debt? Yeah. If you owe me money enough, I can go to court, get one of these same sergeants at law to kidnap you off the street, throw you in jail until you pay me my debt. So he, so he's thinking this is this is a situation that's eventually going to resolve itself. He's this is temporary for him, right? Exactly. And in fact, we're going to find out that it is just very, in just a second here. He therefore ought to bless God that he has no real reason. And this is why he's. This is where he tells himself again: Don't waste money. Don't waste money. You'll wind up like those people. Mm-hmm. Don't Sam. Don't waste money. Stop buying he, that expensive lace. Stop buying the lace, stop going to shows, stop buying the wine, stop p- buying parties for everybody. You can't, Sam. You can't, you can't. Well, the wine, I mean, come on, it's Sam. Well, that's right. At home, <laughs> he finds Mr. Creed. Uh, this is, the, remember, we've met Creed before. He is, uh, he is he's the guy who's the great wit. But he, Sam thinks he's a horrible bureaucrat. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. But a really fun guy. Okay, yeah. So here we, he is we, again. We just met his, him. Not, yeah, not too exactly. long ago. Okay. His, his arch rival. This is his arch rival. And he's there with his wife. And he's having him to dinner. But he gets a note from his lawyer Mr. that says Clerk. all this, Mr. Mr. Clerk, that, which is a lovely name for a solicitor. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> you know, that, that this is all matters in court in the courts of law have stopped. That's so- awesome. And so they have dropped this case against him, this embezzlement. Thing. Right, right. He thinks that and you don't formally drop things, but it's like it seems to have gone away. Not chasing. They're, they're no longer pursuing it. Right. He says, oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Let's celebrate. Let's go see a play. I know my wife would like it. It's my birthday. Huzzah, I'm 30. So then they're going to go out and find this show. And he can't, even as he goes to see The Slighted Maid, even though he knew he was out of danger, he still didn't want to go through the streets. So he gets to the playhouse by sneaking around to Tower Street. <laughs> you know, so he's, you know, he's, he's still sneaking. He still can't get out of it. But he goes to the Duke's house, which is, uh, which is actually, I, it's, there's a historical marker where this was. Uh, it's a theater right near the courts of law. And he liked it, and then, well, what did, what, did, what did our boy Sam see in the play? He was most pleased to see the little girl dance in Boy's Apparel, she having very fine legs. Uh, Only right. bends in the hams. Yep, this is the, the back of the legs. She's, she's got, she's got the, uh, the odd shape to the back of their legs, which he noticed all women do. Because <laughs> so you don't Sam's normally quite, get, get to see Sam's women's legs dis- in public. Sam is, right, that you don't usually get to see their legs. That's Except when exactly they're pretending to be it. boys and boys. Plays. And of course his wife, right? Well, yeah. And the other people he fornicates with. <laughs> his maid, his neighbor. His maid, his, the other ladies in waiting. Then they go and they go to see this other play. And, and boy, oh boy, if you, Sam don't like your play, he's going to write that down. Now, wait a minute. Isn't, isn't he supposed to not be seeing plays? 
Didn't he let's, get really pissed off about that Shakespeare play that he had to go see a while back? Yeah, let's uh, <clears throat> let's go to that last paragraph, shall we? Because <laughs> that was. I'm like, am I remembering that correctly? Because I know that he, yeah, he, he, he did. had promised he sure did. to do. Remember, he was he not going to go to see do a, any plays. He, he wasn't going to go see any plays until Easter. He promised to do a bunch of stuff. He said, "I'm not going to drink wine." Well, we knew he was going to break that. <laughs> and he's not going to go see plays. Was that it? It was just those two things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It being so, done. So here he is in February. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> it, it being done before we got a coach, Easter. And got well home at midnight. They get home at midnight. Ooh, late. Yeah. Now as my mind was but very ill-satisfied with these two plays. <laughs> this is the best. This is Sam as best. This is peak Sam. <laughs> he's mad because the plays sucked. And he's mad. Why? To think of the spending so much money. Yep. Venturing upon the breach of my vow, yep. which I found myself sorry for. <laughs> but only because the plays were bad and he spent money. You do wonder, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, I remember saying I wasn't going to go to any more plays. This is why. Oh, it's like, would he have felt so horribly if the plays hadn't sucked? Or if someone else had paid for them. Oh, so yeah. He's sad because he spent money, because he doesn't want to wind up a poor guy. He's sad because he broke his vow, but he's mostly infuriated that, as he put it, especially with the wild gallant, (laughs) from beginning to end, I'm quoting, I could not, nor can at this time, tell certainly which was the wild gallant. (laughs) So, so, so who's the wild gallant? It was, who... Who up there is the wild gallant I'm seeing? Oh. And yes, and then he says, uh, but it being my birthday and my day of liberty regained to me. I don't even know what that is. Because remember, he was always talking about he gave himself ghoul days. It's like, I'm going to hold off for three weeks, but then I get to do it again. And that's why he took the vow in the first place. Right. And lastly, the last play that is like, and, and what does he say? It was my birthday. <laughs> and it's the last play that's going to be at the court before Easter. Which it, is when it, I'm supposed to not see plays until. Yeah, they're not going to be plays. So I wanted to see a play and it's my birthday. So I'll, I'll go back to my vow now. It's like, yep. this is peak. This is peak <laughs> humanity is what it is. This well, is there are. won't be any more plays between now and when I said I wouldn't see plays until. So I can go back to my vow safely without worrying about having to break it. That's true, too. That's true too, but there is also this piece. We do this all the time. Oh, it's, what, what is the heart? What is the heart of FOMO? What is the heart of FOMO? Man, if I don't buy this board game, I can't afford them. I might not be able to get it. <laughs> I mean, this is super important. What if it's not available by the time I like? You know, I told myself I was only going to buy one game a quarter for this year. I was only going to buy one. I was only going to buy one. But this this game came out now, and what if it's gone by the time I get to buy another one? Well, that would suck. Because so I got to get it now. Yeah, because they just go away all the time. And I won't and I won't get another one in the second quarter, I promise. <laughs> Peak humanity, Samuel Peeps. <laughs> it's so that he spent his birthday, let us remember, sneaking through London. <laughs> Trying not to be snatched off the street <laughs> by by the UK marshals. Exactly. By the Royal Mounted Police. 
the rough version, hiding his face as he sneaks into his office. <laughs> that we, we've talked about it. Sam is an episode of The Office waiting to happen. <laughs> you know, putting his cloak over his face, hiding his face to avoid being snatched. Telling, can you imagine being this poor waterman? <laughs> this guy that's pulling people up and down the Thames on his little raft. He's like, hey, guy, can you come with me? <laughs> what? But no, 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 I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, take yeah, good. My, take go my there. water taxi I brought you here. I brought you. I brought yeah. you to the Iron Gate. I gotta go, go make now. money. This is this is my yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta go back and and pull people up and down the Thames, dude. That's what I do. You're here. No, look. I, I need you to sneak me. I need you just to look. All right. No, I'm not gonna do that. Walk with me while I cover my face so I don't look even more suspicious walking by myself. Because <laughs> because that's how that's how an innocent man looks. <laughs> Well, if he's there with another guy, he can kind of hide behind him. And... Well, but the other thing is, is he, well, no, he tells the other guy, go, go spy ahead. Go look ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure nobody's there waiting for me. How about you die in a fire, mate? Like, how am I supposed to know what to look for? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, what, what do you mean? It, no, just, is anybody there? Anybody? Yeah, oh, there's but... this dirty little kid. No, no, but other than that, <laughs> you said anybody. <laughs> And, you know, as he said, he's quaking and sweating. So I'm sure this 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 boatman is looking at him going, are you OK? Yeah. <laughs> that's are probably, you like some sort of mass murderer? That's probably what. Well, and it could, could be why he went with him, because he was concerned. <laughs> you look like you're going to have a stroke, man. Yeah. <laughs> he walks him back in. There's nobody there. You can go in. Watches the guy open the door. A little thing falls down. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you know, our Sam. I love him so. So there it is. Happy birthday, Sam. <laughs> Happy 30. It started out poorly, but it got a little bit better. And he, well, he went He went to a couple bad plays, felt bad about going to those plays, convinced himself it was okay that he went to those plays, and then he ended. So, too bad. Classic. Classic Sam. Mm. That's what I got, man. So did he drink wine? I saw him. I did not notice him drinking wine. It, uh, I yeah, did not it, notice it, wine drinking going on. Yeah, no. Just ham with bends in it. <laughs> he likes them bendy hams. <laughs> I actually found it because I Googled that. I was like, mm -hmm. bends in the hams. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? And the first mm -hmm. thing that comes up is this diary entry. <laughs> there you go. That's our boy. See, Sam is, and it's interesting. There is a substrata of, you know, my Twitter feed and some of the other places that I go. There are a lot of people that are into Sam as well. They should be. He's a, he's got a definite strong antiquarian interest. And I love that. I really do. And we love Sam. We do. We do. That's why we read him every time. Every time I visit, there's got to be some Sam. Well, Jim, thank you for bringing Sam back. Oh, Along with yourself. Him. Yeah, yeah. Go find out what kind of a day it is out there. I'm hope I know it's we're actually supposed to be in the fifties on Monday, but it's just gonna be a oh above my gosh. freezing today. <laughs> we're actually having a little bit of a cold snap here today, I, today and tomorrow and tonight and tomorrow night it's supposed to go just below freezing. Wow. 30, 30, 30 31, something. Yeah, we'll like be we'll be below freezing at night the next couple of days, but uh during the day, no, not so much. So that's cool. Yeah, it sounds like so we have the same weather. <laughs> For the next yeah, couple of days. I was going to say, for you know, you, warm you for you, cold for me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. I guess that about does it. 
So I think that's us. So now I think that's us for this time. For this time. For this time. So now is the point of the show where Jim asks me where they can find us. Hey, yeah. Mike. Yeah, Jim. Where can they find other Nerdburger things? Or this Nerdburger thing? This one? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com. No social credit media. Email us, nerdburgershow at protonmail.com. Do you have an outro ready? <laughs> I did. I did you write one without one. me asking? I said, <laughs> join us on next. Join us next time. Yeah. <laughs> Join us next time when Mike will ask all the guests what they think about bended hams. I don't know what they think, but any mention of ham just makes me hungry. (laughs) Well, it's lunchtime around here, so I'm going to get some. I am connected with computer audio. Yay! Can you hear me? Why can't I hear you? Uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) You can't hear me because you're using a Dell.